everyone, and welcome to the AC Podcast. I, as always, am Wes Huff. I'm your host for today's episode, and today I'm sitting down with a very special guest and friend of mine, Will Doe. We're going to be talking about a topic that might sound unusual, but is one that we over here at AC are actually being asked more and more questions about, and that's psychedelic drug use. Now, I admit that might sound strange to tackle on an apologetics podcast, but with promotion of drugs like DMT and magic mushrooms from prolific voices like Joe Rogan and Post Malone, Miley Cyrus, even Jimmy Fallon, all speaking out about their own use and advocacy, and with dispensaries of these substances is opening up in Vancouver and Toronto. There's even one that's opened up down the street from where I have my office. It's becoming a topic more and more people are curious about. And so I brought in Will, who I met about a year ago when he started attending our church. And Will has a unique testimony that includes both experiences with and a warning against the partaking of such substances. So Will, thank you so much for being with us. Why don't you elaborate a little bit for us on who you are? I'm super excited to be here with Wes today just to share my story, but um, who I am, well, basically, I'm, I live in Toronto, grew up in Toronto. She recently found, found my faith in Christ um, not too long ago, just, so, just about a year ago. I came from a atheist background in a Buddhist household um, and coming into faith. Why don't you elaborate on that a little bit more, that your Buddhist upbringing? Growing up, my parents, uh, my parents are Buddhist and they still are. And so during my childhood, we would visit the temples on Sundays um, and then they would spend their time doing prayer. And, you know, we would mostly play, play with the other kids downstairs. Um, but at the stage, I didn't really have an understanding of what God was. And I was very confused about the idea of worshiping um, idols. Um, just seeing my parents like get on their knees and praying to like a glass sculpture that to me, like, can easily just be broken and then what happens like if they're saying that that statue is god and i just drop it what happens like can god die so it's just very confusing for me and, and i never really saw the fruit of buddhism in my parents life they weren't really happy people and so it was very hard for me to kind of accept it in my life and to it was hard for me to understand why they put so much faith in it but that was kind of my perspective on it. I just couldn't believe it. Um, there wasn't enough evidence for me to accept it. And so I kind of just chose my own path. And I, I was atheist for pretty much most of my life until the last couple of years. One of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast and, and talk was because a big part of your own testimony involves the exposure and use to psychedelic drugs. Given that you had that background in being like this sort of Eastern mysticism, do you think that that played into some of the kind of introductions to the things that lead into either, you know, drug use or the new age or the components of that that get wrapped up within each other? So growing up after, you know, when I was experiencing a lot of hardships in my life, uh, that's kind of when I started to branch out and started to seek um, other ways of finding fulfillment in life. And so you know, because I grew up around Buddhism and I didn't really believe that, I kind of sought fulfillment in other things and that led me into spirituality for sure. I was very open-minded. I fell into the New Age very young, maybe around 14, I think it was, when I came across the, the book called The Secret that talked about manifestation. And so I kind of picked that up and that kind of led me down a whole rabbit hole of discovering all the other New Age 
doctrines and ideologies. Uh, for example, you know, astrology is a very common one, numerology, but also uh, the idea of meditation, shadow working, um, your higher self, and all of that. And I was also just very open to a bunch of other religions. Like I was doing research into Hinduism, and I was trying to learn more about Buddhism and what it actually means. But I, I read into a lot of other religions, but um, I couldn't find anything in any of these things. I didn't find fulfillment. One thing kind of just led me to another. And then eventually I kind of branched out into psychedelics. And I just pause you there for a second, Will, because I think for the sake of the listener, they may or may not know what psychedelics are. And so could you just explain what that is? And then secondly, what was your draw for you personally to get involved with both partaking and experiencing the things that came along with psychedelic drug use? Well, I think, I don't know what the medical definition of a psychedelic, but it's basically a substance that would cause you to either hallucinate or have some sort of kind of like a mystical experience, like an outer body experience, or it's a substance that would alter your conscious state of mind, essentially. And so what actually drew me to get into these substances was what culture was saying about the benefits of them, you know, how they can rewire your brain. And for those of you that that know of Joe Rogan, he talks a lot about, um, you know, ayahuasca, DMT, and all of these other psychedelics and how it has changed his life and how it has opened his mind to all of these things. That was a draw for me. And so after my experience taking psychedelics, it really opened my eyes to the spiritual world. And that's kind of how I got, I built a stronger belief in spirituality. And you know, after experiencing psychedelics, it actually reaffirmed my belief in something that is beyond the physical. And so I became obsessed with either chasing that enlightenment, and I became obsessed with trying to achieve some sort of transcendental experience. But ultimately, it was just a long journey of um, searching for truth and what is the meaning of, you know, why are we here and what is there beyond our lives. Yeah, well, thank you for being transparent about all of this. Uh, first, I do think it's pertinent to highlight because the listeners may or may not be aware of the influence of some of these pretty influential individuals and the type of public advocacy that they've brought to the subject. We both mentioned Joe Rogan. Rogan's podcast gets a minimum of 190 million downloads a month on Spotify. So if we're to take those types of numbers given by the platforms he streams on at face value, then just as many people are watching him globally as people who watch mainstream news channels. So there's a lot of influence within there, isn't there? There's These are cultural voices that are speaking, that are talking about these substances in a very positive light, especially when they talk about it openly opening up their minds and introducing spiritual experiences. So, Will, when you heard these advocates describe their own experiences, could you relate to what they were talking about? Um, there's definitely been a couple of instances where I was able to have those experiences. If I kind of back up and kind of go through my, my spiritual journey, there was one point where I was using both uh, psychedelics, but also a lot of other New Age practices to kind of achieve that certain state, like for example, just like over a year ago, you know, I would every morning I would wake up and literally meditate for an hour, trying to empty my mind. And I would do like mantras, I would chant mantras, 
and I would do manifestations. So like positive affirmations and kind of just repeat all these things, but it's very ritualistic. So I was doing all of these morning rituals and I would also combine this with doing psychedelics. Now my experience with shrooms spans over three years and I would over the- And that'd be magic mushrooms. Yeah, magic mushrooms. (laughs) Um, And so I would, it would be approximately every month, like once a month, that I would do a, a trip. Um, and when I say trip, is like you're taking a, a dose that is enough to kind of alter that um, conscious state of mind. Um, and so every month I would do a trip. And from some early experiences, I did have these very powerful experiences where I would kind of take the shrooms and it would almost feel like the truth was revealed to me. It felt like, oh, I had just gotten answers for these problems that I've been experiencing in my life. And so I actually was using shrooms a lot of the time to kind of help me decipher, you know, what's going on in my life. Why am I so depressed? Why am I feeling this way? Or why is my family so broken? And every time I would come back to these shrooms, it's almost as if when I take it, I would have a revelation of truth. Okay, I have this new knowledge. I know why my life is so messed up or why things are the way they are. And so I would apply these things in my life, this new knowledge that I found or that thought I'd found. But then by the end of the month, I'm ready to do another trip to kind of figure out why you know, things are still not working. And so, yeah, for the last three years, I just continued to return, return to these substances, just continually seeking something. But I don't know what it was. At the end of the day, I found out uh, what God revealed to me was you know, I was you know, really just searching for truth. Just a, a follow-up to that, because um, you described it as at least being revelatory in some finite way. Do you think that a big component of that was escapism? I guess the two-part question, what do you what do you think the, the draw was for you? And with the rise in popularity of a lot of these substances being decriminalized in various places in the United States and Canada, why do you think people are pursuing psychedelic substances? I definitely feel like it was some sort of lacking. There was something that I was searching for, but I didn't know what it was. From a very young age, I've always kind of been curious about life and the meaning of life and what it has to offer and why we're here. And so part of the draw was to take these psychedelics that would transcend you to the spiritual realm and would bring you revelations. And when you're kind of having these experiences, like you kind of expect that you're going to experience something that you cannot experience from a, from a sober perspective, right? Like these experiences, these substances will take you beyond your human consciousness. And so that was the allure where it's just like, when I do these things, I am touching something or I am putting myself in a state that is not achievable on a regular basis. It's very hard to explain these experiences with people that have never experienced it before just because of how profound it is but also at the same time i have to warn people that it's not a safe thing you think that you're enlightening yourself you think that you're getting closer to finding that truth but in reality the bible says satan disguises himself as an angel of light and that's what it is these uh these revelations that you have when you experience when you take these substances, the, the devil's feeding you two truth and a lie. But even if he gives you two truth and a lie, it's still a lie, right? And so I was kind of slowly being dragged down the path 
that was still empty. I would have these revelations, but why is it at the end of the month I have to constantly do it to kind of feel better? And eventually the path just got darker and darker until final trip that I had. Before we even get to that, in terms of the popularity and culture, I just think it's the enemy kind of no- trying to normalize things that aren't good for us. The way the culture has normalized, you know, drinking, even though that's bad for you. And we recently legalized marijuana, most uh, in Western America, you know, in Canada and the U.S. And they're being sold as a medical benefit for those that abuse it and overuse it. There is actually a huge detriment to it. But I think the reason why it's gaining so much popularity is just the the same idea. I think it's taking the same course as weed, where it's just being sold as a, I think it may work for a lot of, for some people that deal with certain illnesses and certain sicknesses under a professional care. But for those that are just using it recreationally, I want to warn you. And I just want to say that you could be putting your life in in a position or in a place that you might not want to find yourself in. Obviously something changed because <laughs> you're n- you're not, you don't have the same mindset. So in light of that, what was that? What was the catalyst? Yeah. So um, a huge part of my testimony involves a very life-changing psychedelic experience that I had over the last three years of doing shrooms. I've come to the point where I wasn't getting the fulfillment that I was looking for anymore. And every time I did it, I wasn't getting the revelations that I used to get. Eventually, I was getting more anxious when I did them. I just got to a place where there was now fear present on these trips. I think it. I got to a point where I thought I would lose myself in it if I kept doing it, where I was afraid that I would lose my sanity. Because you, there's stories out there where people would do these trips, they would do acid or some sort of psychedelics, and their trip would be so powerful that never able to come back from the trip and they're like gone. And so that fear was lingering, the fear of losing my mind and becoming like insane and not being able to function as a normal human being. So that fear started to surface. And so there was a a final trip that I did, 2022 December, was kind of like my breaking point where even though I knew I shouldn't have done it anymore, I told myself if there was something still there for me to find, then I want to find it on this final trip. Because for most of you that be a part of the new age or have experience doing these psychedelics, what people usually do is kind of set an intention before they ingest the psychedelic, set an intention for the trip so that you have a mission, basically. You have a mission and you're setting out on that mission, you go on that trip and hopefully you bring back some sort of knowledge that will help you back in your life. So my intention going into this last trip was to seek the truth and the whole truth. And then I never want to touch it again because I just knew that I was afraid that something would go wrong. And so I was like, let me just do it one more time and then I'm never going to touch it again. On this trip, instead of taking my normal dose, I doubled it. (laughs) I doubled it and I took five grams or four grams and it starts things seem normal i'm just at home alone maybe on a weekend but i took it and everything was normal i was enjoying myself but then something just hit me like a brick and all of a sudden my mind is being twisted in a million direction i cannot talk i could not form a thought i could not form a sentence my mind was just jumbled. Like I, c- I could not function. And I, I couldn't understand what was happening. It's 
like it was so powerful the experience that my body was just shutting down and so i was experiencing a lot of like dizziness nausea and so i just laid down when i was laying down i just started to experience suffocation um struggling to breathe as if my body was shutting down and i was just laying in my bed in my home just all alone and i thought i was going to die and every time i closed my eyes it just felt like there was something pulling on my spirit it was definitely a lot different than all of my other trips it was very scary in this situation i felt so much despair so much fear so much hopelessness as if I just made the worst decision of my life and so in this moment of emptiness in this moment of hopelessness this is when i called out to christ now i did mention in the earlier that you know i was an atheist i didn't believe in any kind of god but it w- there was something on my heart that called me that pushed me to call out to christ and i called out to jesus christ specifically just because i i couldn't think of any other god that i would want to trust i prayed and i called out to him and he came and he pulled me out of that and it felt like i was just staring at death as christ was pulling me away and after i guess after having that experience the effects of the psychedelic kind of went away after like 15 to 20 minutes i i just remember when i kind of came back in my body i was just thinking to myself how am i still alive how did i make it out of that there's no way that i should be here right now like i felt like i should have died before the trip i set my intentions to find the truth and the whole truth because i've been walking this path of sin for a long time i don't think the the enemy really cared what i was what my intentions were but i think as soon as i said that i wanted to find the whole truth and the only truth and never come back to it i felt like i just excited the enemy because i said i just want to find this whole truth and i'm never going to touch this drug again and as soon as they knew that i never want to come back to it i feel like that night they were fighting for my soul in my head i just knew that i can't die now and this is not the end and then that's when i called out to christ and so it's it's just amazing how when i asked to find the truth the truth came in jesus thanks for being open to to share with us about that i know that that's a pretty intense experience and and i think it might be interesting for the listener because we as christians believe in the supernatural world and i think one of the dangers that we can fall into especially maybe in the the particular more conservative traditions is that we we verbalize that that's a reality but we often forget and we act as if almost like the the atheist the natural materialist who doesn't believe in a supernatural world we can give lip service to it but we can actually ignore the reality of the fact that no we're we're fighting a spiritual battle and although you know what you described might sound strange those are realities that we don't just believe that the material world exists that there are spiritual principalities and dominions that are are fighting for our souls literally so what was the path between that particular instance and then you've been coming to our church here in Toronto for about a year now what was the path that got you from okay you had this experience called out to Christ something flips a switch in terms of at least your attitude how do you then go why well, i should be not just remembering this but but actually pursuing this whole jesus christianity thing so after that trip i did have some sort of eye opening experience that was the catalyst of the change in my life after but it wasn't this trip itself that made me believe in christ or 
turned me into a Christian. So this trip had me curious now. You know, I called out to Christ and I never prayed in my life. I never used that name in prayer in my life. And the first time that I used it, something happens. And so that got me curious and it got me thinking. Maybe the next week or two, when I prayed to Christ the first time to save me, He saved me. So because I was feeling so fearful in this moment, I just called out to Him again. I just prayed to Christ. And after praying for and calling out to Him, and then I just went back to sleep. When I woke up, that was when I was like, okay, I think I believe in Christ now. Because I've only prayed to Christ two times, and both times He saved me. And so that's after the second experience, that's when I decided to open a Bible. It's funny because I received this Bible from a friend of mine maybe a year before. And so I just had this Bible from Tony and it's just sitting in my bed drawer, like under my bed, never opened it. But, you know, I decided to open it. And when I started to read the Bible, that's when the foundation of my life just completely changed. You know, I never read the Bible growing up ever. I've only heard of Christ. I had a babysitter that was a Christian. So I was very young and I didn't really understand much about it. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate where you're, you're kind of just tagging along with your parents, uh, going to church because they go to church, but never really understanding why they believe and what they believe. But as soon as I started to read the Bible for myself, that's when the whole world just started to make so much sense to me. It pieced together all the brokenness in my life. Ultimately, God revealed to me the truth. And now I kind of i am able to understand why people are the way they are, why the world is the way it is. The Bible just gave me so many revelations in my life that fundamentally changed the way that I see the world, the way I see people, and the way I just see how everything operates. Do you remember what you read? What book or what passage? This is what I was told when I was a kid, okay? That the Bible was created by the government or created by some sort of powerful person that's trying to take over the world. But basically... The Bible was created to brainwash people into being slaves of the government. And so then they would use the Bible and corrupt it and change it in ways that would make you be obedient to whatever their will was, right? But it's so funny because when I read the Bible, it was the verse about in the last days, right? So in the last days, how there will be strife, enmity, like... um, Men will be lovers of money, lovers of sex, like all of these things. This is how mankind will act. When I look at the culture today, it's exactly what the Bible says. And so what really opened my eyes to the world was when whatever I read in the Bible is telling me to do the opposite of what culture is telling me to do. And I I thought, well, wait, if the government made the Bible to try and brainwash us, why is the government telling us to do the opposite of what the Bible says? makes no sense. And then I was thinking even deeper where Jesus was saying the world will hate us because of his name. And when you look at the world today, when people hear the name of Jesus, they just get so angry. There's For some reason, there's just so much hate towards Christ and towards the cross. But when you look at Buddhism, uh, New Age, and all of these other things like crystals and astrology, like Everyone's always like, oh, what's your sign? What's your, what's your, you know, all of these things like no one cares about. But for some reason, everybody just hates Jesus. And it's funny because Christ said that in the Bible. If you are, if you follow me, like people will hate you. They will persecute you. All of these things that I started to observe 
that's happening in the world, in the culture, it was all answered in, in the Bible. And that really solidified my belief in Christ. It is interesting, the narratives that the world will tell us about the motivations of Christianity in the Bible, isn't it? That scripture is written to control us by some individual or group. And yet when we read scripture for ourselves and it tells us to be countercultural by loving our neighbors and living sacrificial lives of love, that the greatest commandment is to love God and the second is to love people, that isn't exactly the control opiate that we often hear it might be, right? So you have this experience. It introduces you to at least the concept of Jesus. You dig into scripture and that gives you a clear picture of who that Jesus is. But a lot has happened since then, hasn't it, Well, So stepping off from that, we're a year down the road or a year and a bit down the road from all of that now. You've been attending our church. You've gotten baptized. You've become a member. How has your decision to take up your cross and follow Christ changed your perspective on things? Yeah. Um, so I guess before Christ, you know, I struggled with a lot of things, um, you know, living in my sin without realizing it. For example, I I wasn't even aware, but the, the sin of idolatry was huge in my life where I, the new age teaches you to worship yourself in a way where put all your belief in yourself that you can do it, that you are the creator of your own life, that you can make things happen and manifest. And so I struggled with that. And I thought that I could control my life. I thought I can build myself as a, a main character and go out and like conquer the world multiple times. And I'm sure a lot of you can experience this. How much self-development does it really take to, to get what you want? At some point, you're going to get to the end of yourself. And willpower is not going to do anything for you because where do you get that willpower from? And so I was stuck in idolizing myself and going in the cycle of disappointment and going nowhere. So I just had a life that was empty, constantly searching and trying to grab onto something. But all of these physical things did not provide me any fulfillment at all. Came into the world with nothing. And so when we leave, we don't take anything with us. If you put your faith in anything that's physical, you're not really going to find any source of lasting fulfillment, whether that's in a person, in a thing, or a place, or an experience. All of these things, they have their own time, and you're not going to be able to take them with you when you pass. Basically, after coming to Christ, I have so much peace, so much comfort. I put my trust in a God that has a perfect plan for me. I choose that plan. I, I want to choose a plan that is perfect for me, that has been planned by my Heavenly Father, that is perfect. You can't make a mistake on your life. So why would I choose my way when I'm broken, when I'm not even perfect, when I don't even know what my year is going to look like or what two years is going to look like? Why would I put my faith in myself to make the best decisions each and every day when I can just trust God's plan for me, follow His plan that is going to be ultimately perfect? Christ has given me grace and has shown me so much love that I'm willing to continue to pick up my cross and to endure. One thing I do want to mention too is after coming to Christ, you know, there's so much information that goes around nowadays where you can find the right and the wrong answer to the same question. Is coffee good for you? Yes, because this, and then no, because this. Oh, should I be cooking with seed oils or, or not? There's so many different perspectives that is so hard to even know what the truth is. But again, when I when you put your faith in something that is eternal, that is the word of God, and that is the truth, when you cling to that truth, 
anything that the world says to you that's not in the Bible, all you have to say, all you have to say is, it's not true because the Bible said it's not. And so I'm able to make decisions so much faster. I'm able to like see through all of these ideologies and all of these doctrines that the culture is pushing on us and to be able to kind of look at it and be like, okay, this clearly doesn't even make any sense. When you read the Bible and you understand what the Bible is teaching you and you're understanding how God designed us to live, when you have the truth in front of you, it's just a lot happier, a lot more calm, a lot more free. And when you were talking, well, it reminded me, there's this uh, Lewis quote that's where Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. And in that it's like this lens, it's a worldview lens that gives us just a an aspect of stability. Piggybacking off of that, for listeners who are hearing about these substances and are seeing that they're they're coming into a, a rise of popularity, for you as someone who who does have firsthand experience of them and then ha- knows the dangers of that and where that can lead, what would you say is the Christianly way to approach this subject? How do we help the church navigate through the issue? This is a tough one. When I think about how you know, we can help those that are either thinking about trying psychedelics or those that have experienced psychedelics, it ties very strongly to spirituality in the spiritual realm of things, especially with psychedelics specifically, because I think psychedelics can only be kind of talked about through spirituality because it's not a human thing. It's not a a conscious thing that we can experience, you know, on a day-to-day basis, right? It requires us change our state of mind to kind of see these things. So I think for what I would say to those that are thinking about doing psychedelics and those that are experiencing it, it's just to know the know the consequences. So with psychedelics, like what I've learned and what God has revealed to me is that, you know, these psychedelics, it opens a portal to the spiritual. And so when you're putting yourself in a state of mind that you don't have full control of, like when you're not sober-minded, right? When you're in a state of drunkenness and when you're already on this substance and you're not thinking clearly and you expose yourself to the spiritual realm, you're susceptible to being attacked. It's not fun and games as you, you might think it is. And so I think best way that we can educate people and mitigate the consequences is just to make people aware of the, the dangers from a spiritual perspective and a Christian perspective. And I know that this topic is very taboo. We can easily be influenced, especially if we don't have a strong foundation of truth in our life. It's very easy for you to be swayed. It's very easy for you to fall into the waves of the culture and kind of kind of go along with what people are saying and believe in what the crowd is saying. I appreciate that. And I appreciate the the way that you phrase that in terms of the vulnerability, the purposeful vulnerability that we don't often realize we're putting ourselves into. When you were talking, it reminded me of uh, Peter in 1 Peter 5, 8 writes to be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And realizing that Satan wants you to fall. And he wants you to be distracted. He wants you to be so preoccupied with other things, whether that's money or sex or the pursuit of enlightenment, that he's going to do absolutely everything to get you off of anything that would lead you to a place of realization. 
of who Jesus was. As we come in for landing, is there anything that you feel we missed or that you'd, you'd like to expand upon further in, in terms of the conversation? Yeah, I just want to provide a word of encouragement for those that are searching, for those that have maybe walked away from the faith, and those that are curious about the faith. After coming to Christ and fully realizing that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life, open their Bibles to read for themselves, for those that you know, have walked away from the faith because they've had bad experiences in the church, I encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where everyone is broken. Nobody is perfect. We're, we've all fallen under sin. If God is truly a, a God of love, right, then, and He wants us to have a relationship with Him and He wants us to come to Him, then wouldn't He make it easy, like as easy as possible to come into relationship with Him? You know, if God wants you to know of Him and He wants you to come to Him, He wouldn't make you go through all these obstacles of, oh, I need the secret knowledge of um, astrology so I can know of God, or, you know, I need to learn um, a certain language so I can read a certain manuscript, or, you know, God wouldn't make you go over so many obstacles if what He wants is for you to come to Him. And all you have to do is call out to Him as I did in your time of need, or just today, you can call out to him and ask for him to open your heart and to enter your life. I just want to say that God is there for all of us and he wants us to come home. Um, we're all broken and we all need someone to you know, save us. We're all seeking fulfillment um, in you know things in this world, but without even realizing that we're kind of chasing things that are futile, that will go away, that will die. But God is eternal. And so call out to God. By His grace, He will reveal the truth to you. And you have a gift of eternal life. And you, I promise, you will feel like you have found the last puzzle piece that you have been searching for. Um, because that's how I felt. I just felt like when I came to Christ, I finished the puzzle. I have found, you know, the answer to life. And I will always cling to the Word of God. It just felt like like I have new eyes. I breathe fresh air for the first time. Christ is is love. He is all that we need. And once you have him, I promise you, you will be able to get through anything and you will always have his love no matter what. Well, thank you for being willing to be so open and transparent about your own experiences with us, Well, There's a lot packed into your story and what you've gone through. But we are so glad that Christ has saved you and that you've both found and experienced eternal life. And I think you've highlighted some truly important things to think about and themes that we at AC have really been thinking about, least of which is the importance and necessity of Scripture of the Word of God and its relevance and reliability. So on that note, as we wrap things up, let me remind you, the listener, that the theme of our annual AC conference in Abbotsford, British Columbia over March 1st and 2nd is Can I Trust the Bible? And because, like I mentioned earlier, the topic that Will has been so gracious enough to share with us today is one that we get asked more and more, we actually have a speaker coming, Ashley Landy, who is a keynote speaker at this year's conference talking about going from psychedelics to Jesus in a talk titled Getting High with the Most High. You won't want to miss that. So mark your calendars for that. And once again, thank you, Will, for being with me today and with us today. Otherwise, as always, make sure to tune in 
next week as we have more things to think about. And of course, love God, love people.